Tigers come up short in Happy Valley. Soccer has a huge win versus Georgia and volleyball gets his first loss of the season. Hey everybody, I'm your host Kristen Carr and welcome to another episode of Page 8 Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsmen. We are so excited for this week's episode, got a lot to get to, mainly we're going to be breaking down this big game against Penn State this past weekend and we have Dylan Fox here again with us. Oh, happy to be here of course. All right, Dylan. So let's break this down. What went right for you in this game? What did you feel like they were able to take away? And then later we'll talk about what went wrong. What I thought went really right was I think they had a really good intensity coming into this game. I think they had a great attitude. But Coach Harson said, if you're not ready to play in this kind of environment, you shouldn't get on the plane. I think a lot of Auburn fans really identify with that. Uh, they're very happy with that mentality. Uh, during the game, a lot less to be excited about. What went really well was uh, the run game. The, the rushing game, I think, brought them a lot of rhythm uh, in, into the office, supplied a lot of yardage. Uh, Tank Bixby finished with 102 on the day. Uh, Jarquez Hunter added another 63. Those are really productive numbers uh, in, a, in a game like this where they only scored 20 points. So uh, overall, that is the biggest takeaway is that the run game is still elite. That hasn't changed with uh, the the harder um, team that they played this week. Yeah, you know, what surprised me with that was um, they had one or two drives that were really successful with that. Um, it was in, I believe, the second quarter that that happened, and they were really productive. They were driving down the field really well. They seemed like they'd finally gotten into a rhythm. And then for whatever reason, it's like the game plan shifted a little bit, and they were just way less productive in the second half and it's it confuses me a little bit on you know sort of the coaching decisions behind that and I want to ask you about specifically we had that timeout (laughs) the infamous timeout that everybody's talking about with coach Bobo it was a fourth down play call take us through that a little bit and what you think went wrong there so if uh, to me if they had just had no timeouts and they just went for it and they called a fade it didn't work out that's fine uh, that's that's an understandable, hey, we need to get a playoff. Let's go for a fade, try to one-on-one it. The fact that they took a timeout to try to put in a play and, you know, that you know they had time to draw up and all they came up with is a fade, that wasn't really impressive to me. I, I think they could have done a lot better there. Uh, I'm not sure what went on with Bobo in the booth and, and Coach Harson on the, uh, on the sideline, but... I think a lot of people really expected a better play call there for sure. Yeah, and you know, in the press conference after the game, he was asked about it obviously, and he was saying how, you know, that play, he said it was calculated. He said that they planned ahead to do that play and then that it offered, you know, four or five different options and Bo just got to sort of choose whichever whichever person he felt was the best call there, which It's kind of odd to me that they would have called a timeout for a play like that that had so many options. And obviously it depends on the defense, depends on the looks there. But what do you think went what do you think went wrong there? That's that's what I'm I'm not quite sure. So if they had it practiced, they had it planned out that they were gonna run that play. A, why did they need to call the timeout? That's a very essential timeout at that point in, in the game. 
B, why was his first progression to the fade route, one-on-one fade route at the at, you know the side of the, you know the back of the end zone? And that I'm that I'm not exactly sure of. Uh, I don't know what he saw in the defense alignment. I don't know uh, what you know transpired as you know pre-snap and in the post-snap what he saw, but. I, I'm not sure why that was his progression was just to do do the fade route. Um, you know, if you're going to call a timeout, and even if you have a scheduled play to do and you just want to go over it and that's why you called the timeout, that's understandable. But right. to me, if, if they had that planned out, the timeout shouldn't have been called. That pass should have been thrown somewhere else. Well, yeah, and I think with his pass, I mean, there were a lot of fans who were, you know, kind of upset that there wasn't a pass interference call. I think there would have been if the throw had been more on target because he threw, you know, so far away from the actual receiver um, that, you know, you couldn't have even called a pass interference on that play. So it was almost like they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. (laughs) There was plenty of times where you could complain about the refs in this game. I don't think this was really one of them. Uh, there were there was other incidents in the game, the three down incident. Right. uh, (laughs) I think, yeah, I feel like both. Uh, fan bases had a little bit to be upset about at the end right. of that game. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that's not something that's in your power. And, you know, that's what Coach Harson was talking about at the press conference after the game. He said, you know, we we have responsibility over what we can control. And, you know, it at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what the refs did. You still have to play well. And, you know, he was asked about the passing game. And he said, you know, it's not good enough. It wasn't good enough. No. Um, and he just sort of left it there. <laughs> he just left it there. He just left it. He's not going to He's not gonna give the media anything. He's not going to uh, expose the secrets. He's going to be very careful because he, know, he knows every camera in the world is going to be pointed at him after a loss like this. And that's understandable. This is a big stage. It, it, not that Boise State wasn't, but this is, this is Auburn. This is the SEC. Auburn expects perfection. So uh, he's going to have the biggest microphone in the world. Uh, just pointed at him, and so he's gonna he's gonna keep his cards close to his chest, and we'll we'll see plenty of more from uh, his mind in the future for sure. Yeah, and you know he also was talking a little bit about hitting those explosive plays and how they had opportunities to do that, but they really didn't cash in on those. Um, you know, looking forward into these games that they have coming up, the, those big games. Um, obviously, they've got, you know, Georgia, Georgia State, coming, State up. coming up. But, you know, then they have LSU. LSU, yeah. Away game. At night. At night. Yeah, in Death Valley. <laughs> That's going to be... You have to have explosive plays for that kind of a game because oh. the idea is to shut the crowd up, right? You have to, like, try to get them to get dispirited. That way they're not quite as loud and you have to really manipulate that a little bit and if they can't get those explosive plays going that's gonna look really really it's gonna be a hard hard game (laughs) it's gonna be that's not gonna be fun no uh are they better than this lsu team very possibly uh could they get bogged down by bad mistakes like we saw against penn state absolutely this penn state team is Probably the second, I guess Georgia too. They're the third best team that Auburn is playing this year, um, uh, but probably the worst environment uh, to just to think about it. Uh, although Death Valley on uh, Death Valley at night is not going to be fun for the <laughs> Harsons boys for sure. Um, but the main problem uh, that I wanted to 
uh, talk about was, was the defense, what I saw in this game. And what, what did you see from the defense that you didn't really like? Um, I think for the defense, they did not really get to the quarterback. Um, I, I believe that they allowed, they, they have, the defense right now has the worst stat in the um, NCAA for allowed passes, completed passes. Um, and so they really haven't done a great job with getting to the quarterback and putting pressure on the quarterback specifically with this game. I felt like early on, you know, with those earlier games, they got to the quarterback really well. Obviously, you know, smaller teams, so you expect that. But um, they looked really good. So it was a little bit of a surprise to see them slip up in this way against Penn State when it really mattered. Right. Um, and I, I talked about it uh, before in my, my preview article that the, the Penn State O-line would be one of the most essential parts of this game, uh, whether they could protect Sean Clifford, give him time. I also believe that uh, Derek Mason, the Auburn defensive coordinator, did not want to blitz the quarterback like a lot because Sean Clifford can run. Uh, we saw we only saw one big run from him. It was a 20-yarder. But uh, I think if Auburn blitzed a lot, we'd see a lot more of those runs of him extending drives, uh, getting eight yards when he needs six on a third down kind of thing. That's what Sean Clifford has always done. That's what Sean Clifford makes his, makes his money on. That's what he does, and he does it very well. We didn't see it that much this game, uh, which is a credit to Derek Mason's defense in a way. Uh, and that's probably why we didn't see as big of a pass rush. However, at some points, especially I remember one play where Auburn rushed three and Sean Clifford had at least, I, I want to say it was 10 seconds behind mm-hmm. the yeah. pass. And he found an open receiver eventually because no secondary can guard that. Um, and just to correct that stat, Auburn has allowed quarterbacks to complete 78.7% of their passes this season. Wow. And they are also 130th out of 130 in college football this year. For completion percentage? Yes. I Part of that, to, to be fair to Auburn, is a lot of shorter passes. Penn State completed a lot of long passes. There were some, uh, you know, those seam routes to the tight end, I can remember in the, in the first half, that, you know, they were just wide open, completely busted. Uh, completely busted coverage um, that were that were big plays. I, I don't think one ended up. I don't believe it ended up as a touchdown, but it ended up within. Uh, it was it was first and goal for Penn State. Yeah, yeah, it put them. I think yeah, it first and goal in that. All right. Well, that was a lot to break down. Yes. Um, thanks for helping it, helping us, and making it simpler for everybody. Um, next, we're going to be talking about Auburn soccer. Hey, this is Miley, podcast editor for the Auburn Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support this organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here in Auburn. Thank you so much in advance. Now back to the show. Okay, Let's talk about Auburn soccer. They are currently ranked number 12, and they had a huge win over Georgia. It was their SEC opener at home. They won three to nothing. This was a big, big win for soccer. Um, They were coming off of such a disappointing loss against the number one ranked team, Florida State. 
they had such a tough mentality going into this game. It's really quite impressive. And then we have Anna Haddock, who is named the SEC Offensive Player of the Week. She also had two more goals in that Georgia game, and that brings her to a total of seven goals this season. So really impressive numbers from her. And this is the second time this season that she's gotten SEC honors, and she's only just beginning. It's, I mean, they're only just a little bit into the season, and she's already to this point. So definitely got to feel good for her. And then also in that Georgia game, we had Alyssa Melanson, and they had a little bit of a switch with her. So basically there was an injury, and then um, Coach Hoppe made the decision to put her into the center back position. And in press conference press conferences later, she was saying, you know, that's not really her forte. That's not really where she likes to be. Um, but Coach Hoppe said she was outstanding um, and that she handled it really well and cleaned everything up and really won the ball and locked down that position. Um, she also talked a lot about her speed and her quickness and um, how she's really one of the quickest players that they've had in that position ever. Um, so definitely props to her for taking on a position like that. It's difficult um, to be able to go into a position that's not really your comfort zone, um, not really what you usually do, and then excel so well. Um, that's quite an impressive thing for her to do. And, um, you know, Coach Harper was talking about that game, and she was basically just saying when she was asked, who you know, who played well, who stuck out to you, she said, it's almost who didn't play well. Um, <laughs> she said, you know, it was really just a huge all-around team performance. And, um, you know, Georgia coming into that game had the second leading scoring offense in the NCAA. So, um, you know, they had also had some votes to be in the top 25. Um, they were not ranked, but still an impressive team um, nonetheless. And to be able to have a shutout like that against an SEC team and they had a um, full capacity uh, crowd and people really showed up for that game and it was just a really fun environment for them um, and to be able to have a win like that following up a difficult loss to Florida State um, they definitely were coming into this game with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and I think it shows a lot of resiliency and just mental toughness for them to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, Kuchaba was also saying, she said that they really took it out on Georgia. Some of that frustration and that pent up um, energy from that game, she said they really just took it out on Georgia. So up next, though, they have um, an away game against Tennessee, um, and they are ranked number 13 right now. So really going to be a even match there. So it'll be really interesting to see how Auburn plays on the road, how they're able to execute still. Are they going to be able to bring that momentum that they've started into that game? It's going to be really interesting. And I think, you know, for UT, this is going to be their SEC opener. And they are also coming off of a difficult loss. 
So very similar to what Auburn just went through. So Auburn is definitely going in expecting and preparing for Tennessee to be hungry. Um, they're re- they know that they're going to be hungry. They know that they're going to have high energy there. And so Auburn is just going into that game with that sort of mental approach. And um, we'll see if it we'll see if it pays off. And then they also have um, on Sunday, they're going to be playing Texas A&M at home um, on the 26th. And that, that one's at 2 p.m. Um, so it's a hard week. It's definitely a hard week coming up for Auburn soccer, but um, Coach Abba is confident in her team. She's confident in what they've accomplished so far. And when you have a coach that is has such faith in her team and so confident in her team, I think that really just gives the girls a lot of motivation. It gives them a lot of um, stability going into these difficult games because they know that their coach is behind them. They know that their coach believes in them and they are coming in ready. Hi, this is Trice Brown, multimedia editor for The Plainsman. Here's your news for the week. This Saturday, September 25th, Auburn will participate in the Kick COVID program, which is the result of a partnership between the university and the Alabama Department of Public Health that aims to leverage the state's passion for football to educate participants on the efficacy of vaccines and increase the rate of vaccination. Students, faculty, and Auburn fans will have an opportunity to receive their first or second dose of the coronavirus vaccine and receive a $75 gift card to the Auburn University Bookstore. The clinic will be outdoors, north of the Auburn Arena, from noon until one hour after the game has ended. This Thursday, September 23rd, a listening session will be held from 4 to 5 p.m. over Zoom for students to give their input to the Presidential Search Committee, which is looking for another university president after President Gooch announced his plans to retire in the summer. In addition to the listening session, there are two open forums students are invited to attend. One this Thursday from 10 to 11 a.m. and another next Thursday, September 30th from 3 to 4 p.m. This has been your news for the week. Now back to the show. Okay, everyone, we're going to finish off today talking a little bit about volleyball. Um, They had their first loss of the season this past week, and they had their um, during the Auburn Invitational, they lost to Florida A&M. Um, and then they also won a game um, against Nichols State, um, three to one in that game. So, you know, there were some some good things, some bad things that came out of that Invitational. But um, I know for them, it's probably disappointing. Obviously, you you know they had such a great streak going. Um, they have not been this consistent and this good in a while. Um, so I'm sure that it's a little bit disappointing um, to have that first loss, but I feel like it also sort of brought them into a reality a little bit because sometimes when you have those winning streaks, you lose sight of the big picture a little bit and um, you lose that sense of urgency and you get a little bit too comfortable. Um, and whether or not that was the case and that was what happened, it definitely, regardless, woke them up. Um, it definitely sort of brought them back down to earth and they came in against a very good Belmont team on the 18th and they won that game so solidly. Um, they won 3-0 against Belmont in that game. So 
you know, I think it's just, it's great that they were able to have the problems that they had and then work through those, learn from those, get in a really good head space for the Beaumont game. And then they came out on top. Um, and that's really what happens when you, when you take time to just focus in and really, um, really just take that game as its own. Um, you have to be so focused in on this, the single game. Sometimes you, if you're thinking too much and letting those other games drag you down, you're going to be so scatterbrained and so distracted during those games. But instead, they were focused, they they learned, they knew what they had to get better on, and they came out and won. Um, so that was a really great, um, really great way to, to come out of that for them. Um, and then up next for them, they have a game against Ole Miss. So this is going to be their first SEC game of the season. So that's really exciting. And that game will be at 8 p.m. And then they also have a game on Sunday against Alabama State, and that one is going to be an away game at 3. So they've got a pretty busy schedule coming up with volleyball. It's just there's so much going on. So hopefully for them, they will able they will be able to, even with this travel, it is just to Montgomery, so that will probably help them that they're not traveling quite so far, um, but they'll have Ole Miss at home, so that will be a really fun game for them. It'll be their first real taste of SEC play and that in the competition that that will bring. So that is going to be a really fun game for them to look forward to. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening in. Um, this has been Page 8 Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsmen, and I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and we'll see you guys next time.